Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's the Super Showdown Edition, because we're going down under to Australia for the next pay-per-view special, Joe. No, wait, we have to physically go there, or? Yes, yes, we phys- We have to take the 20, like, four-hour flight or so to go. We got to watch it at 5 a.m. I, I just got back to New Jersey. I kind of want to stay here. <laughs> oh, you've been you've been away for too long. You've been away from yeah. the home base. Yeah, and I know how homesick you get. There's a whole like five days. It's too long. Yeah, and you know, man, the time delay would just be insane. Oh my god, that's probably what I couldn't get used to the most. Yeah, I mean, it it just takes you a couple days, and then you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Speaking from but experience we- of having gone to Australia before. Oh, you went to Australia for? I was say I know you've been to Japan, so yes, yes, and, and yeah, in, like it's everywhere you go. It just takes a little bit of time. You get used to it, but uh, yeah, I really don't know if I'm going to get used to WWE just like stacking on all these like miscellaneous pay per views that are really just kind of like glorified house shows. Yeah, can it, can we think of the hours this week? So we had three hour Raw, two hour SmackDown, sort of to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, one hour NXT, yep. six, one hour 205 Live, seven, seven, uh, Mix Match Challenge, I think is an hour, yep, eight, uh, May on Classic, May on Classic, another hour is nine, nine, and then four hours, I think it's four hours of this pay-per-view. Probably five, so, right? Because is there a pre-show? I think they're just saying 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., so. Okay, so maybe it's all... Because it's like 10 matches, so low, right? So low end 4. So low, low end 4. Uh, so 13 hours. 13 hours. 13 or 14. Half a day. It's a little over day. half a day, right? And then you add an hour because we're talking about it. Yeah. So there you go. 15 hours. That's that's a legit uh, part-time, part-time job. It is. It's a real commitment. Um. And it's it's interesting just to see too how WWE is developing more of this pattern here, right? Because we've had uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble back in mm-hmm. April or May. I can't remember what month it was in. I think it was May, but yeah, around then. Like in May, and then we've got Super Showdown. Now we've got Crown Jewel in like another <coughs> month. Yeah, and it, it's kind of weird to kind of conceptualize where these uh, where these pay-per-view specials, like, how important are they? Because, like, looking back at Crown Jewel, like, how important did Crown Jewel feel to you? Or not Crown Jewel, it, um, Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Um, yeah. Not that important, right? And so that's why you and I were texting earlier today, and you were like, oh, Super Showdown could be really hard to predict. And I was like, or not. Like, it's, it's right. either one extreme or the other. Like, these specials are either 
super important to them, or everything just stays status quo, uh, we don't give a shit. Right, yeah, it's it's so hard, because it's like, how serious are they taking it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is this just a house show, or is this a show where story elements happen? And uh, I mean, it should be serious, right? If Triple H is serious about this whole expanding NXT to be this international entity, when you go to these places and you set up everything to be a big deal, they should be. Honestly, that's, that's probably the only real match that's going to have, I would imagine, really big lasting consequences, right? Because almost everything else I imagine they're just going to end up like rematching again pretty soon. Um, uh, which match are you talking about? Undertaker versus Triple H. Oh, okay. Because you're talking about Triple H, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with him uh, kind of being down there, like it's it's kind of hard to tell because it, everything else sort of just seems like it's sort of thrown together or it's something that's going to be rinse and repeat, but like this one seems like they are trying to set up a bigger angle, right? Yeah. Do you remember uh, when they did the Japan one? Do you remember anything big happened then? Uh, like at Beast of the East? Yes, that one. Um, I don't think so. I think it was just like uh, Brock Lesnar came out and like killed Kofi Kingston or something, I think. And then um, didn't Finn win the title or something? But that was NXT. Like, yeah, NXT is always a little bit different from WWE, and they'll they'll do important shit. But then again, like, you know, maybe maybe that's the standard to base it on. I don't know. It's hard because also like a Greatest Royal Rumble, admittedly, like they did do a little bit of stuff that was really important as far as like uh, determining like number one contender in Braun. Uh, like, I guess, further complicating the feud with Reigns and Lesnar. I don't know. I feel like you could have probably taken that match out of their whole feud, and it wouldn't have mattered, mm-hmm. though, right? Yeah, sorry. I was looking at the Beast in the East card. The only big title change, yeah, was Finn Balor defeating Kevin Owens. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard, especially because, like, this wasn't announced that far in advance, so I would imagine as far as like whatever, whenever they're trying to incorporate whatever little long-term booking they're doing these days, I would imagine this was really not part of the plans, for the most part. Probably not. So, I don't know. Especially because, I mean, outside of, I guess, with that exception you just mentioned with like the NXT title changing, but even with the NXT title, I don't think mm-hmm. Vince cares about that. Like, they, they don't really do important moments over... Actually, you know what? I'm going to eat my own words right now, because, like, AJ Styles won the title when they were in London last year, right? I think it was on an episode of SmackDown. Oh, right. And I it was totally in London right that. before um, Survivor Series, and then he had the match with Lesnar. So, you know, who? maybe, maybe they are going to treat this like a little bit bigger deal. It's possible. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to go a little bit more in on this uh, as far as, like, my predictions and treat it, like, slightly more than a glorified house show. But there are definitely some matches on here that are obviously just house show matches. Mm-hmm. Like, Cena and Lashley versus Elias and Owens. That's I mean, a house Cena show match. has literally just been living in China the past, like, six months or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, hanging out being a Chinese guy now, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be fluent in the language, isn't he? Yeah, apparently he speaks perfect Mandarin. Shit. You know what? Maybe, I wonder if eventually that'll be like the end of the John Cena story. 
Is he just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm done. I'm just going to go live in China. And then he just disappears. I mean, he wanted to get away from Bree, probably, so... Or, I mean, Nikki, so... So he just moved to literally the other side of the fucking earth. <laughs> it's like, I can't get far enough away from this bitch. I'm literally on the exact opposite side of the world. Yeah, I just, I just dug a hole through the earth to China, and now I'm staying here. It took all five of my moves to get me here. And then he added a sixth. Yep, he had to learn a stick at the sixth secret move. He learned it in China. The lightning punch. Oh, is that what it's called? That's what he's calling it. The lightning punch. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, but you know what? That kind of name reminds me of uh, somebody that I want to talk about. Because uh, have you seen any of the Mae Young Classic yet for this second year that they're doing it? I've caught clips, but I haven't been able to sit down and watch the whole thing. This last weekend, I was able to get a little bit of time, and I, I caught up on uh, most of it. And mm. let me tell you, there's a couple people to keep the eyes on. Now, I don't think that Mako Satomura is going to be coming into the company and staying. She's definitely the, the perfect person who's come in, who's going to put on some killer matches, shine some people up, and then she's going to leave and go back to Japan and be amazing. But she, yeah. oh my god, is fucking amazing, dude. Mako Satomura, the final boss, she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, she... I've, I, I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard this name, yeah. I like I, I feel like almost anything I would say would not do her justice. But as far as like, like a Japanese woman who is just straight up like I am a fucking wrestler and a warrior first, like way more than Asuka. Like this this girl, like this woman, she's just she's tough as nails. She's crazy. Like it's it's actually really interesting. I remember seeing there was a clip on WWE.com, I think, either mm-hmm. that or on their uh, YouTube. And uh, like they don't have enough sites, right? As if they don't have enough shit. And Pete Dunn was talking about how Mako Satomura is like one of his favorite wrestlers, if not his favorite wrestler. And you can tell, like the way that she moves and whatnot. I was like, oh wow! Like I've totally seen how Pete Dunn has like learned and ripped from her. That's always cool when you can see the influences. Yeah. And like, I just she's so goddamn precise, but she's so goddamn like intense. But she's mm-hmm. also, like, not out of control. Like, she's perfectly in control all the time. Perfectly balanced. Yeah. But then, like, she can still get angry. It's not like she doesn't have access to that anger. But she has it, like, just enough that she's going to be able to fuck you up, but not throw herself off balance. Oh, my god! Mm. And she just, like, she lays it in so thick. Oh, it's so good. You, you Like, absolutely. It's must-watch. For anybody out here, if you're wondering about like which matches you should watch from the Mae Young Classic, at least just watch all of her matches. Um, there have been some other good ones too so far. Like the first round was like still kind of just like first round stuff for the most part. Like it's pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also got to see like the first uh, bit of the second round stuff because Mako Satomura had her match against Mercedes Martinez, and damn, that was really good. So. Yeah, uh, Mako Satomura is definitely one to look out for. And I feel like with her name, the final boss, I would imagine she's probably going to get to the finals and lose. She's going to be the final boss. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to be the final boss. But yeah, damn, she is so good. Uh, Any other highlights? um, Some other ones to keep some eye outside for, I think. Definitely um, Ayo Shirai 
for sure, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like she's the the project for her is that she's going to go after Kyrie Sane because mm. she's definitely got a little bit more of that heel edge to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she and Kyrie Sane was also like out during her match in round one, so I think there's going to be that little bit of continuity they'll play on. Uh, so she's but it's not, like coming out of nowhere. Yeah, so I think it's not completely out of nowhere. Uh, and another one I think definitely is who I'm who's impressing me so far, and I want to see more is uh, Lacey Lane, who yes. is the yeah I've like, seen clips of her. She's just like straight out of uh, Mortal Kombat. I feel like yes, and I definitely want to see her in a tag team with Ember Finish Moon. Her. So bad. Like, I feel like her and Ember Moon would just be perfect together. Just, like, from a visual standpoint. They're, you know, like, they're these, like, nerdy black chicks with, like, you know, crazy color eye contacts. And, like, one, they both have kind of, like, this, well, I guess Lacey Lane's got more of a ninja vibe. And then Ember Moon's more of, like, the vampire hunter vibe. Hmm. But, like, still. That's pretty close. Yeah. I'd be uh, to see them together. Have you seen anything out of Caitlyn yet? Um, she came back. She was all right. Um, I didn't think that Caitlyn was ever really that great the first time around. Um, Although I thought she was like one of the better ones out of that grouping. She was around when it was like Kelly Kelly and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was interested to see how she fits in with this new generation. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely a little bit more of, I'll say this. I'll, I'll be excited to see what she does in round two. Because round one is usually so short that unless you're fucking exceptional, you're not going to make a great impression. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think that she's that good to make that amazing of an impression. But, you know, maybe round two, get a little bit longer match. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And then Tony Storm is the only other one that... Oh, yeah. And, of course, Tony Storm. I mean, I've, I've sung her praises a bunch of times. And she's still doing fucking well. I love her. Should I tell Emma that? Yeah. <laughs> me, me and her can ask her for a threesome. It'd be great. <laughs> We'd be totally down to get into that storm. <laughs> oh, I set you up too well for that. I know. It's too per- oh, but speaking of things being set up way too perfectly, uh, have you heard of New Japan's new champion? Uh, the new United States champion. The new United States champion, yes. Who is also our NWA champion. That very same. Would it be one American Nightmare Cody Rhodes? The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, who had probably one of the best Septembers of all time. Yeah. Starting it by winning the NWA title and ending it by winning the IWGP US title. Yeah, wait, it was like the first weekend and then the last weekend of the month was... It was oh like the God. first and last day. September 1st was where yeah. All In. And I think it was September it was 30th uh, was the Spirit Unleashed show. That's... Like, that's crazy. Yeah, so he is he's on top of the fucking world right now. What do you... Uh, like... Yeah, I, I totally forgot that the New Japan show was happening until I was scrolling through Twitter and Goldust tweeted out about his brother. Yeah. Honestly, um, I, I'm not completely surprised by this, but I am a little bit surprised because I the way that they've been building, especially at least with like Tamatanga and the firing squad, uh, like he got a win over Juice Robinson in the G1, so he'd been kind of set up to be a future challenger, and he'd recently been talking some shit back and forth with Cody, 
and with their history of kind of just getting involved with title matches and stuff, I kind of figured that they were just going to come in and like lay waste to both of these guys so that then it would have been like a no double contest, DQ. Double, double DQ kind of thing. Because it, it kind of felt like to me this yeah. weird situation of like neither of these guys can lose, but especially mm-hmm. not Cody. But I guess like if you were going to have a straight coming match, off of the NWA win. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because like he's also very adamant about it, and he stuck to it that he's wearing that NWA title wherever he goes. Yeah, and he wore it to the ring in New Japan. I think it, you also have to give credit to Corgan, right? Like mm-hmm. that he's obviously made this agreement with New Japan to keep his champions strong and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. what would you say, like a year or two ago, that? no company would give a shit about another, like, one of their wrestlers having another person's championship. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, a, it's, it's a changing landscape for sure. Mm-hmm. At this point. Um, maybe not, like, two years ago. Maybe a little bit beyond that. But yeah, it, there was a point not too long ago mm-hmm. that just, companies only cared about them themselves and that's it right yeah there seems to be this like greater level of cooperation like you're saying especially these last couple years between uh like ring of honor new japan now nwa mm-hmm. and other things like that where and it's not just like we're gonna let you use your guys and do whatever you want but there's it seems to be like much more of a concerted cooperative effort yes like, we're gonna think about these things and play it out logically and yeah, because like, I guess there could be kind of two schools of thought as far as like Cody winning the U.S. title here, like whether this was very much in the cards for a while and they were planning this, or if this was kind of like they saw him win the NWA title and they were really impressed by that and all in, and they decided to go with this later. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, there's a part of me that actually thinks it's almost a little bit more of the latter. Like, I think that they still, like, were impressed with Cody and they wanted to give him a match of some kind, like, whether they were going to give him this match and whatnot. And I think maybe even the original kind of inception for this match would have been to do something more of, like, a double disqualification if they needed to. Mm-hmm. But it, I I feel like, and I really don't have nothing to base this off of other than my own thoughts. But I Do we ever like, have anything to base off of? No, no, we don't. <laughs> hey, look, if you're looking for proof, you're listening to the wrong show. Um... I feel like they were really impressed by what happened it all in and not just the match that he put on, but I think that they were specifically impressed because this is the culmination to show how much Cody Rhodes is committed to wrestling, right? Like he, cause so many of the other talents out there, like they're, they're all putting on shows and they're doing good things like that. But like how many other guys are going out of their way to fund and put on giant shows like that that sell out in a half hour. None, because it's too much of a risk. Exactly. So I think that they're starting to look at Cody as this guy that is going to be huge in the future construction of the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want to work with this guy. We want to work with this guy intimately. And I think that mm-hmm. that's part of what this was. is Because I think that they see a similar thing in Kenny Omega, right? Like he's been talking a big game for a little while about really wanting to like change the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, that was part of the reason that they put the title on him. Yeah. You know, it's not just cause he's the best bout machine. 
but it's because he wants to like do something huge with wrestling. Like he cares so goddamn much about it. Yeah, and that's the thing with titles, right? It's not always the best worker. It's you have to be a good worker and be able to carry the company right forward and like evolve it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's part of why they made this decision. Um, Cause I think that like, it's not that juice Robinson was a bad United States champion. I think he, he, he kind of got the title in a weird time cause he had to go into the G one and that was a, a weird spot for him to have the title in. Cause yeah, he was cause eating a lot there's of losses no defense. Yeah. And he wasn't defending the title. And so this was his first defense and then he loses it. But, but I still, but think that could be... could be the explanation, right? That, could be what saves him. Like he just went through a really grueling G one. Yeah, absolutely. Cody didn't. Exactly. Exactly. And then Cody did not. Um, and then you know, too, this like this could be part of like a bigger, longer term storyline too, right? Like you know, Juice loses it here, but who's to say Juice doesn't get it back someday? Yeah. Or like you know, move on to another title. Like maybe he goes on and gets the never never uh, open weight title. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm sure him and Cody are gonna return at one point, right? Because Cody's, I'm sure, going to mm-hmm. drop this title to move on to the next one. Or Yeah, it's it's a very interesting situation, especially because, uh, like, Cody, in particular, he's been dropping the idea that, like, you know, him and the whole kind of Bullet Club elite group, like, their contracts are up in January. Like, they're going to be free agents. So who knows where they're going to end up? Uh, Probably not WWE, though. Did you hear about the initial denial of one Adam Page to WWE. Ah, so he's the, he said no? He said no, according to Meltzer. Hmm. Honestly, so, I feel One of like, the more reliable sources. I think it would be a lot smarter for all of them to not say yes to WWE yet. They, I, because WWE just has so many people in it, and they're, like... It's not that they wouldn't, because like, I think Bullet Club would definitely become a really huge priority, and they'd probably go straight to the main roster. But they've just got so many things in WWE that, like, eventually, I think it would just kind of get lost in the shuffle. Especially because, it, all right, in my head, this is how it would go. Just you know, shooting out of the dark right now, they probably feud Bullet Club against the Shield, and then just have Bullet Club lose. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that Bullet Club has a lot better options staying in New Japan and Ring of Honor. Like, and obviously not just Firing Squad, but also the Elite. Like, I think that they've got a lot better options staying where they are. And not mm-hmm. to mention, you know, the freedom aspect. Yeah. That, like, you know, if... And I guess that's the other thing that's really intriguing, too, is, like, they, they've been starting to become so much more truly independent... To the point where, like, you know, if, if for some reason, I guess, New Japan was, like, a bad deal for them, then they might even just be able to kind of, like, go do their own thing. Like, start their own promotion. You know? Like, I could I could almost kind of see that happening. Like, yeah. Not that they would do it, but, like, I think that they would have the capacity to do it. And if it came mm, down sure. to it, I think they would, but I don't think that they need to. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. What what are your thoughts about them staying in like New Japan, ROH, or going to WWE? I think they should stick around for a little bit more in those companies. I think they can raise their stock a little bit more. They've talked about an all-in two already. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously, I don't think that could happen when they're with the WWE, so. Totally. Actually, upon thinking about it a little bit more, I feel like the only guy out of that entire group that I would actually ever want to see back in WWE someday probably Mm -hmm. would be Cody. Only because he's got so much more of a history there that I think it could be really great to see him come back and feud with like a couple of specific people and do a couple of specific programs. Like I think if he came back and then he did a program against like Orton and if he did one against like probably Triple H, that could be awesome. Yeah. Like Wait, you're saying WWE probably only wants him or... No, no, no. I think WWE wants all of them because I think they uh, know that they can make money off those guys. I'm just saying, me personally as a fan, uh, Cody okay. is the only one that I want to see in WWE because Cody is the only one out of that group that I... Mm, you know, there's only one other match that's a specific exception, but I wouldn't want to ruin their careers by sending them to WWE for it. I would want to see the Elite versus New Day. I really want to see that. But I would mm-hmm. want New Day to just like go over to New Japan for a match. Because <laughs> all the rest of those guys, I don't feel confident that... And you know what? This is, this is me saying WWE as led by Vince. Like, who knows how WWE is going to be different someday when Triple H is in charge. You know, so maybe that WWE, the rest of the Bullet Club could thrive. But I feel like in current WWE, there's no way that they would thrive. Because Vince would just job them out to bigger guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, the shield. Like, he would just... It's like, oh, Kenny Omega, you fight Roman Reigns and you just lose. Every time. Uh, Marty Skrull, you're on 205 Live. <laughs> Young Bucks. Just because you're not big, so... Yeah. You know what, Young Bucks, fuck it. We'll just throw you in NXT, I guess. You're young. You need experience. I don't know. I just I just don't feel confident. Actually, the only other one that I would have slightly more confidence would be like maybe Adam Page. Just because he's like a little bit bigger and a little bit more of like Vince's kind of look I, that I he could, likes. I could see Kenny going far too. I could see only because he's just so goddamn big as it is. Like I think that yeah. Vince wouldn't know how to use him. That's, I guess that's really my thought, is that I just I think that there's nobody else in Bullet Club that he would know how to use. And even with Cody, it was like, man, he misused the shit out of him when he had him, because, like, a completely proven by his independent career. Like, because this is all the sort of stuff that WWE could have been doing the whole time mm-hmm. with him, and they chose not to. And, like... You know, from reports and things like that, Cody was talking about how he was like pitching stuff like this to them, like before he left, and they were just like, "eh, fuck you," I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Even then, it's like I would only want him to come back if he had like creative control. Because otherwise, they'd just make him stardust again. Oh, I'm sure that uh, these guys coming in, their contracts would have like, more weight to them than some of the regular WWE performers. Mm -hmm. I would wonder, too, because I I would think that it would be really crucial for them to keep the level of creative freedom of, like, having a show, like, being the elite. Like, I would really hate for them to get Zack Ryder 
and just have their show get taken away from them and just destroyed. Zack Ryder. That would, like, just kill the base of their popularity so bad. Like, I feel like, I feel like being the elite is actually really crucial to the popularity of the Golden Elite. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's something that, regardless of how they get booked in other shows, and not that they get booked badly in other shows and whatnot, but, like, it's a format that no matter what's going on, they have direct contact with their fans that is meaningful in a way that they can control the story of their characters. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really important. Because then you're, you're controlling the creative uh, you know, product that you're putting out to your fans. Yeah. Right? Because, like, even in, because, like, you see it a lot of times, even in, like, the Being Elite show. Like, there will be matches that, like, the Young Bucks and whatnot that they lose. But they create stories to help sell those losses so that then it's even more engaging for their fans. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really smart stuff. It's really smart. And honestly, I, I think it's kind of the future of wrestling in a way that I think that a lot of individual wrestlers or factions um one like i think that they kind of need to start doing this a little bit more of like crafting their own promos and crafting their own stories so that then fans can kind of follow their individual story as they're going through and you know paying attention to a bigger promotion to you know whatever extent that they do whether they watch all of it or just clips but like it's it seems to be a really really important key to their success like do you agree does that make sense it does. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the matter? On the importance of being the elite or YouTube series, stuff like that? I mean, I think there's an importance um, to gaining the momentum they've got. Mm-hmm. I think being a part of a place like the WWE would put them at a whole other level. Because... Um, Yes, they have. They've sold out like a ten thousand seat show and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but WWE is a global thing, right? So I think totally. it, it would get them a little more global. So I think just do whatever. <laughs> like, like if they're having fun and making enough money now, stick with that. Well, go I'm, to gonna, WWE. I'm gonna push this a little bit more. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a case in point at you. This week on SmackDown, they had Shelton Benjamin come out and wrestle for, like, the first time in, like, months or whatever against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it was a really long time. How much more do you think Shelton Benjamin would benefit if maybe not just him, but, like, him and maybe some other people were helping him? If he had some sort of kind of, like, regular show where we could see what the hell's going on with Shelton Benjamin so we give some level of a shit about him so that when he just shows up on SmackDown, it's not just, like... Well, there he was, and then now it's probably going to be like another couple months until we see Shelton Benjamin. But like, but like the problem with WWE then, then mm-hmm. is like that's another show you have to go out and watch on top of well, you, all of their other stuff. You don't have to. I think I think this would be more so just for like the people who are super fans of each uh, person. It'd be more so like oh, okay, if you, so if you have, watch okay. like Raw, SmackDown, whatever, and then like all right on SmackDown, like I'm a huge fan of like Daniel Bryan. I'm a huge fan of the New Day. I'm a huge fan of like Andrade Cien Almas. Like, so maybe I'd go and like watch their shows. And it'd be I think it's it's less like what they'd be doing with it is not that they're creating uh new storylines that then affect 
the main show that so that they, like you have to watch it but it's more of like mm-hmm. a way for the performer to regain some creative control so that regardless of how they're being booked on TV they still have some creative control over their character cuz like if you're just not getting booked on TV for months and months and months you've got nothing that you can do on TV but if you've no. got your own show you could turn that into an angle they're like, man, I'm trying to get on TV, but they won't put me on. It's it's a conspiracy, or like, they're trying to deny me. Like, yeah, you could do all sorts of things. But if you're just not in TV and you're not doing that, then you can't do shit. True. So, or like, if you're just getting booked in losses, then you could like turn that into a storyline in your own show. Because maybe if you're just on TV and you're losing, then they're not doing anything with you. Yeah, that's true. And then this could be like a, uh, like an engine essentially, a motivation and a tool that you could use, and then you know bring to management or whoever and say like, hey, look at all these fans that I have. Maybe you should pay more attention to me. And then maybe you could even use that to turn your career around, kind of in the way that Zack Ryder did before he got Zack Ryder, and then his whole <laughs> show got taken, and then his power got taken. Like he had no more like bargaining power with the creative because they took away the thing that he was using to get his popularity. Like, yeah, I think well, because they didn't like it that they weren't in control of it. Exactly. And I, like, I think that there's other people who could obviously benefit from this way more than other people. Like, I think that new day would do like crazy well with this kind of format. Whereas like somebody with the bar would probably have a little bit more of a trouble, but like maybe they would do something that's less uh, skinny, think... but maybe they would do, I don't know, other shit. Like, maybe they work out or something. Maybe yeah, like if they had freedom, I think they would figure out something that they're good at. Yeah. Maybe you know what they would do? Like, instead of... Like, maybe they would do... Um, do you remember back a couple of years ago with, like... Uh, there was that guy, Kimbo Slice, who's going around and, like... Uh, yeah. Just, like... <laughs> doing Meeting videos where he would just, like, fight random people. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the bar would just get into, like, random bar fights with people. Yeah, purposely like start bar, bar fights. Exactly. <laughs> just like challenge random people in like all the towns that they go to. It's like, all right, we heard this is the toughest pub in town. We're going to go and see if there's anybody who could put up a fight. And they just go there. You have like a staged thing, obviously. They're not going to like really pick bar fights, but you know, it could be a fun thing. Whoever doesn't order Guinness, that's who they start the fight with. <laughs> totally. Or you know what? Even, you could even do it too. Or like um, if you really wanted to get very meta. Get in, like, the people who had, like, lost on TV earlier that night, and then maybe they're out at the bar drinking their sorrows away, and the bar's coming to, like, fuck with them. You know, like, put some dirt in the wound. So, like, uh, I don't know, they're out there. Maybe Shelton Benjamin just lost his match, and like, all right, we're gonna go pick on Shelton. <laughs> he just finally made it back onto TV just to lose. <laughs> what a loser. Hey, how does it feel to know that my... Fucking Mohawk gets more TV time than you do, Shelton. <laughs> like, I don't know. You could just do silly shit like that. Maybe then they could have Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese join them, too. Hey, Birdie, Buddy Murphy has a title shot. Buddy Murphy has a very important title shot. I, that's actually one of my hardest matches to predict for this whole thing. Admittedly. Um, let's see. Let's see. How many other things should we talk? Oh, my gosh. I was just looking at my notes for other yeah. things to talk about. Like, because I want to talk about like the other things that don't directly relate to Super Showdown yet, so that then we can uh-huh. just plow through that show. All right. Um, so, what did you think of the one night in Milwaukee segment? 
I thought that was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Because I think it's just such a great, like, parody of, like, what actually happens in real life. Like, I think, I thought, I took it as one of those, like, obvious things that, like, he obviously edited the video, like, something else was, Mm -hmm. uh, like, going to be said or was said around it to give it a little more context. Mm -hmm. But, nope. He just cut it where he did to make it look like the worst. Yeah. The thing, the thing that was, that I found strange though, right, was like, so he cut it and then they were saying, like, they immediately started saying something about how, like, there's more. And, like, Lana has a microphone. And I feel like it very obviously is going to be something like, she's saying, like, I want you, like, to get away from Rusev or, like, it's something like that, right? It's like, it's a cut off of some other <laughs> To clean quote. the dishes or something. Wait, like. Or I want you to put on a shirt. Like... <laughs> I want you to stop singing. You're bad at it. Like, so actually, you know what? That would be. Oh my gosh, that would be an even better twist. If instead of it just being some lamo twist, where she's uh. like, "Oh, I want you," and then it's just like something mundane. So mm-hmm. then, because I feel like the explanation in that case, like, why didn't Lana just say, "Just play the rest of the clip"? Like, because like, why would she be afraid for Rusev to see the rest? Uh-huh. But if it ends up turning into something where she just says that like she hates Rusev Day. Then maybe it could be really scandalous, right? Because then it's like, well, I didn't want... Yeah, obviously the the edited clip was bad, but, like, I also didn't want Rusev to know that I hate Rusev Day. I don't... Like, because maybe that would break his heart even worse. True. It's, it's like, oh, and, man, I, I just thought you cheated on me, but now I know that you've been lying to me forever. See, this is why I thought the funnier reaction would be the mundane thing, because then everyone's like, oh, yeah, see, it was nothing. But that that would be good. Yeah, because it, it, if it is completely mundane, I don't know why she wouldn't just say, keep playing the clip. Because, like, if she doesn't, and she didn't, then, like, why is she causing Rusev all this emotional turmoil for no reason? Because right mm-hmm. now, he thinks that she's cheated on him. Yeah. And if all that happened was, like, she was saying, like, oh, I don't want you to, you know, come out to the ring without a shirt on, please put on a shirt. Then, like, why wouldn't she just say, play the rest of the clip? This is This is completely innocent, mundane. Yeah. I can prove this. Yeah. Like, this is even sillier than the whole, like, her cheating on him with Dolph Ziggler storyline. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, that'd be kind of intriguing if it, like, was something more like she hates Rusev Day. <laughs> it would be funny. It would, it would help with continuity, which is WWE's, you know, bane. Yep. Um, God, why do you want them to be continuous? I, you, you know what? 205 Live has way more continuity than most of the main roster does. Um, I, I really enjoyed the angle this week. What did you think of Drew Gulak giving the boot to old Brian Kendrick? I liked it. Changes it up a bit. Yeah, I thought it was a nice... It, it was actually very interesting, too, because I thought the way that he kept building up and talking about it, I was like, oh, well, they're just getting rid of Jack Gallagher. Because uh. he just lost the match. <laughs> but then it was like, oh, no, they're getting rid of Brian Kendrick. Nah, the guy who Lex last week got to get rid of all his dead weight. Yeah, it's like it's from a visual perspective. I kind of like Gallagher and Gulak better a little bit, but it was I don't know. I guess I'd, I'd be interested to see more of like if there is going to be more reasoning to this. But it mm-hmm. just seemed weird that his whole reasoning was like I'm getting rid of the weak link right after the other guy lost a match, but when mm-hmm. the week before the guy that I'm getting rid of won his match in seconds. 
So it's like I feel like the the is the story clearly going to be that he's more threatened by Brian Kendrick, but then he's getting rid of him under the guise of saying that like you're old or you're a weak link or something. I think I guess that's probably where they're going. Yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting if this turns Kendrick. I think it does a little bit. So that'll be the other judge of how they have Kendrick strike back at it. Actually, you know what? You know what would be the best if they wanted to do some really good continuity? The Brian Kendrick would need somebody else to kind of help him out to battle against Drew Gulak and uh, Jack Gallagher. Ezekiel Jackson. Act, no, because he's too big. He can't be on 205 Live, Joe. Ezekiel Jackson is like 305 or 405. I don't know. It would just be funny to like have someone like him come in. You just see a Kendrick slip like, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The GM of 205 Live, Jake Maverick. Oh, yeah. Slip him like a piece of paper like they do in the Ben Tormers where the, like, the kid, the obviously adult is like, this is like the piece of paper that just says, I am five or something like that. <laughs> just have him slip a piece of paper that just says like, I am 205. Yeah. <laughs> I am 205. No, I was going to say uh, Akira Tozawa, I think, would be the guy. Because he had had a feud with uh, Kendrick a long time ago. He's learned all his lessons. He's learned all the lessons. And now he can come back. So yeah, that would be my pitch. For a little bit of a help out. But I think ultimately, even then, it would be a way to help get uh, Drew Gulak over a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he eventually beat Brian Kendrick and whoever he's teaming up with. All he needs is his PowerPoints. Just needs a PowerPoint presentation. That's all. Yeah, I, I still, I feel like he's got to be the project. Like, I'm, I'm still kind of in shock and awe that Drew Gulak didn't win the title at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess we'll get more into that at the predictions. Because, um, yeah, let's see. There was a couple things on NXT. Thought the Gargano and Tony Nice match was good. Lacey Evans is coming along nicely. Uh, Lars Sullivan versus EC3. That was a good match. That was a lot that was actually weirdly like a good step up for ec3 i didn't expect lars sullivan to be the one carrying him to a good match his nickname is five star lars dude i didn't know that was his nickname (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know you knew him so well Uh, but yeah i guess before we get into the uh predictions for super showdown I was going to talk about some Lucha Underground a little bit. Was there anything else from, like, WWE universe you wanted to get into first? <coughs> well, before I start, stop dying. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think I've stopped now. Uh, <laughs> I love the Elias segment from Raw. Oh, that yeah, That was going to be my big thing. Yes. Let's talk about that. The simple mention of the Seattle Supersonics, the now defunct basketball team that moved to Oklahoma and became the Oklahoma City Thunder, caused the most uproarious heat I've heard in a very long time. Yeah, that was that was an insanely long boo. Where, like, Elias couldn't hear Kevin Owens. Yeah. They, they even had to start talking to, like, the guys in the back. Just like, yeah, turn up my mic, please. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I guess you this is, is going like? to stop. John Cena! <laughs> I can't hear you, Kev. 
yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, got to commend them on that one. Just I, a, a crazy little moment there. Yeah, definitely. I hope they can kind of like continue that forward. Maybe they're going to become like the perfect troll duo. Just every town they come into, they can just get rained in booze. Oh my god. Oh, Philly, I'll give them their tip here. Just mention the uh, snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> yep, that's that, true. That'll get you booed. Very, very true. Uh, even more than Orton, like breaking your finger in the the ring post, whatever the the ring. What did he have? Uh, Ty Dillinger's finger in this week. Oh, is the is the point at like, which it's like this metal ring that connects the two ropes at the corner. Yeah, like in between the turnbuckle and the ring post. Mm-hmm. That was I like that. That was another good visual. It was very much like a yes. Pete Dunn moment. Oh yeah, that was great. Or like a Barty Skrull, like yeah, working on the fingers. Um, but yeah, let's see. I think that's pretty much oh yeah. So right, let's let's go into Lucha then. Okay. Uh, so actually, <laughs> tying back into 205 Live because TJP stole Kalisto's mask. This is like the week of unmaskings because uh, Killshot ended up unmasking Son of Havoc. Yes. In a match that they had, and it led to the announcement of a mask versus mask match at Ultima Lucha Quattro between these two. Oh, I missed it. So wait, even though he got unmasked, he, he's still going to do unmasked? So the week before, Son of Havoc ended up unmasking Killshot. Uh, okay. So they've I both unmasked that. each other once now. Mm. Uh, so then now it'll be, you know, proper forever. Yes, forever unmasking instead of just I popped it off you and now you covered up your face. I think that's gonna be Killshot wins that one, right? Because Havoc's not like he's not a true masked wrestler. Like, yeah, what do you? Yes, he is. What do you mean he's not a true mask wrestler? He did he have his mask at all in? Well, he wasn't Son of Havoc. He was Matt Cross. <laughs> See, Matt he's Cross is not a mask wrestler. Son of Havoc is. Okay. Killshot though, that's his only gimmick is is the mask. Well, hey, just because Son of Havoc has the work ethic to work two gimmicks doesn't mean that he should be punished <laughs> and lose his mask. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Son of Havoc is the hometown boy here. And I feel like he he's a bigger priority than Killshot. So I I don't know. I think that Killshot could lose the mask here. Mm. I'd be surprised. I think it's gonna be Son of Havoc. Cause then I feel like you could spin Matt Cross off into something else. Like true. Like I mean, you, you definitely could. But man, Son of Havoc, that would that would kill me a little bit inside. He loses his mask. Alright, then I definitely want that to happen. All right, oh, let's you go. son of a bitch. <laughs> of course you would. Ugh. Such a heel. Yeah, such a heel through and through. Um, but yeah, we also got uh, some other heel characters coming in. Marty the Moth finally looking like not a complete joke. Uh, coming out looking like a little bit of a king. A little bit of a crazy king. Really? Uh, You're going to say he doesn't look that much of a joke when he beat Mariposa? Didn't he have a match with Mariposa? He did. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah but still, it was Mariposa. It was like, come on, dude. No, that's the perfect person. Like, what a despicable fucking asshole. You're going to beat up your own goddamn sister? Like, what a sick fuck. 
don't know. I still want the title on someone else. Oh, well, Pentagon's going to rip it from his arm, dude, at Ultima Lucha. There's no way. Like, Can it be, like, both arms and both legs? Totally. All right. Mari Post is going to come out and help him, I think. Like, she, she'll counter uh, Reclusa. That's the name of the new spider bitch that's with Marty the Moth, who uh, apparently is the one directly responsible for the murder of Sexy Star. Ah. Uh, they, they showed her mask, and they said that Reclusa was the one that took her out. So in, in Lucha Continue. Underground Universe, Sexy Star is dead now. <laughs> Which makes sense, you know. Like, yeah. after what happened, cut ties. Oh, uh, a nice update, though, on uh, Marty uh, Martinez mm. is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had MJF on his podcast. And he talked about his opponent at all and being Matt Cross. And Austin goes, oh, yeah, he was on the week, the season of uh, Tough Enough that I mm-hmm. coach. He was like, I love the fact, though, that he's at Lucha Underground along with Marty. And he starts, like, naming off all the guys. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's kept track of uh, all the people he had on that season. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, you know, I, I think it's good credit. Like, you, you let it slip a little bit. I think Marty is a really good heel. Because you're just like, man, I can't fucking stand it. Like, I, title's got to get off that motherfucker. And I feel the same way. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I'd say like Pentagon. And that's, that's, I think, why part of the reason that, like, the match with Barry Posa was perfect. Is because that is the match that was going to give him the most heel heat. Mm. Because it's both the aspect of, like, you know, you, you look at it with traditional wrestling psychology and think, like, well, you're a fucking dickhead for choosing to fight a woman. Because, like, you're obviously not going to lose. You know, if you're a man, especially a bigger man. Yeah. And then you add in the tap on top of that, the fact that, like, you're fighting your own sister. You fucking piece. And, like, he did, like, gross, like, incestuous shit with her, too. Like, the first thing he did in that match when they were, like, butting up heads against each other was, like, petting her arm until she, like, batted him away. Like, it was nasty. Well, I feel like that's always been, like, implied with them, so. Totally. But then, like, but even then, like, as gross as it was, at least it was consensual before. But then, you know, now, of course, he, you know, and why wouldn't he? He's a gross piece of shit. He's willing to, you know, just put sexual advances on his sister unwillingly. And then afterwards, break her arm. Like, after a match. Yeah. He's a nasty boy. But I think he's going to get his come up and set Ultima Lucha, for sure. Yeah. Because I just, I can't imagine, like, that, I feel like that'd be a really bad idea to have Marty the Moth be your champion in between seasons. Like... Yeah, it's, there's it's no good, real... It's good to have him have that little little reign to get you that, like, anger. But then, like, yeah, that's just too much. Yeah. It's like when Walking Dead, when they did the whole stupid, like, we're not going to tell you what happens at the end of this season until the next season thing. <laughs> the cliffhanger. <laughs> it's the bad kind of cliffhanger. Because you're like, I don't really know if I want to see what happens next. Like, Definitely. You're an asshole for making me wait till the proper climax. It's like when you have really bad sex. Like, if somebody doesn't give you an orgasm in sex, it's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Why did you even do this to me? Well, this was a waste of time. It's like, I was better off before I even interacted with you. <laughs> now I've just got blue balls. So, hopefully they won't give us blue balls. Pentagon will just jizz all over Marty the Moth and take the title from him. I still can't believe it's going to be uh, Ultima Lucha Quattro. Like, yeah. Damn, four years. 
And mm-hmm. I feel like I remember um, from like just a long time ago, from like when a lot of the contracts were getting signed and things like that, that it seemed to me their plan was to try and at least do, I think, seven seasons total. I don't know if that's still the plan. Or Six seasons just, in a movie? Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if that's the case, then maybe this is just the halfway point for like the grand story of all of uh, lucha underground mm-hmm. so exciting but anyway the excitement must continue and go down south to australia are you ready for some predictions my man i'm ready to win the title back if that's what you're saying well you're you're ready to challenge young padawan but winning oh winning is another matter calling me young padawan <laughs> Show you, motherfucker. Hey, I am the champion. You will show me respect. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> From New Jersey. We don't show anyone respect. We don't even turn left. We don't even respect ourselves. Yeah. Joke handles all the way. Alright. So, up first, at least according to Wikipedia's list, we've got Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Hmm. Who are you taking? I'm saying Becky retains here. I am too. Um, I think momentum is on her side. Yes. However, I think I think that she's going to retain through through some chicanery. I think she, she's actually going to cheat to win. Maybe even get mm-hmm. herself disqualified. Because I feel like WWE, despite all of our insistence that we love Becky Lynch and she is the most over woman in WWE. They want her to be a heel really, really bad. So I think they're going to try and do an angle where, like, all right, she's beaten Charlotte once before legitimately. And then now they're going to do the angle where she beats her, but, like, you know, it's through some bullshit. Like, she either cheats with the ref or intentionally gets herself disqualified so that now she's the champion on the run who's not sure whether she can beat Charlotte. So then when they have their inevitable rematch at Evolution... Then I guess Charlotte can win, and we're supposed to cheer. Um, I think it also might be like you could argue, um, that Becky will just like maybe get disqualified from like just beating up Charlotte so much she's so emotional about like beating her mm. that she just loses control. I think that would be totally. a better finish. That might be a lot better because like they they've got to do. St- like something a little bit screwy on some regard, right? Because I because they're definitely clearly going to rematch these two at Evolution because they're not. It's as I I they're not trying to make Becky a heel. I'll say that. Like she hasn't done anything. Like at least to get the crowd to boo her. Well, they, she hasn't insulted the crowd or anything like that. Well, they. I'm trying to. Remember. I feel like didn't she? In, I don't at the care. very I can't beginning, she specifically insulted the crowd. But like, I know that she said stuff like, "I don't care about what the crowd says anymore." At like, the very beginning, yeah. Anymore now, she hasn't acknowledged the crowd. Her focus has been Charlotte. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're putting the brakes on that a little bit, but I don't know. It's 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 a hard situation to read. I feel like I don't know what they think about Becky Lynch right now. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me like, at the very least, they can't. Or it seems to me that they're not going to give Becky Lynch another clean win over Charlotte yet because they're going to rematch them again at Evolution. And if she beat her clean twice, then, like, I don't know how they get to that match. Yeah. So, 
I, I guess like Charlotte either has to win or there has to be a DQ of some kind. But yeah, I don't think Charlotte's winning the title here because I think they'll probably have her win at Evolution. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're kind of in agreement, but we don't know exactly how it's going to happen, right? Like Becky Lynch is going to get disqualified or something to retain the title. Possibly. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it would be a lot more interesting to have it be a situation where like Becky Lynch, actually, especially because then at Evolution, like if Becky Lynch just goes nuts and beats the shit out of Charlotte to get herself disqualified, then you could have like a hardcore match or something at Evolution. Because mm-hmm. right now it's like, I don't really think they're even going to be building like any stipulation matches on that card. It's just going to be like all straight matches and tag matches. So if you throw in something with like a little bit more of a stipulation, that could be more interesting. Yeah, it could be. Actually, I'm trying to remember too, with with the times that Becky beat Charlotte, like the last time she beat her, she beat her with a roll-up. Um, but I'm trying to remember from before, like has she made Charlotte tap before? I don't think so. I don't think so either, because if that has not happened then maybe the other way you could do it, like if you didn't want to do like a specifically hardcore stipulation, then maybe you could do like a submissions only stipulation at evolution or something like that. So then it's like, you know, directly the disarmor versus the uh, figure eight and like get more of like a definitive winner that way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be down for that. But yeah, all right. So we, mm-hmm. we're both down for Lynch. We think Lynch is yeah. retaining. Uh, next up, we have Asuka and Naomi versus the I- Iconics. Yeah, yeah, Iconics. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Yeah. I think Iconics win here. Ooh, okay. I will take the opposite. Um, I I feel like I ended up hearing what I think was probably the perfect booking for this on um, Wrestle Talk earlier. They were saying that uh, you're probably gonna have the Iconics come out. They'll cut a heel promo on the crowd. To kind of, you know, it's like first, you know, people are like, oh, we're way, we're excited because there's Australian people. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we came from Australia and it sucks. You know, we're so excited that we got away to America where we became iconic and now we don't need you. And then you can have, you know, uh, Naomi and Asuka come out and then beat up these heels who are insulting the hometown crowd. Everybody's I think excited. it's going to be the complete opposite. Mm. I think the iconics come out super pumped there in their hometown or home country. Uh, totally live that up. Asuka and Naomi come out, probably still get a face reaction or maybe a mixed reaction, and I think Billy Kay and Peyton Royce take it here. Mm. And that'll be like their only win of the year, but that's it. Now, do you think that they would be bold enough to have them pin Asuka, or do you think they definitely uh, take the pin over Naomi? Uh, at this point, does it really matter? Because Asuka's kind of just been... That is the most depressing and accurate question. <laughs> it's like does it even fucking matter anymore um i think naomi though there's still i think there's still something with asuka i think they like still kind of give a shit she's this is this is the situation with so many people in wwe if they decided to give a shit about them and put some effort into them and book them correctly then yeah mm-hmm. you could do great shit with them still but when you don't then nothing happens. Like, I don't know what they expected to happen. They're like, man, I wonder if Asuka's going to turn into a megastar if we destroy her undefeated streak and make her lose to Carmella. 
and then do nothing. Ugh, you stupid fucks. I hate you so much. Uh, but All right, no, I, next I think, match. I think, I think they'll give Asuka and Naomi the win here. Okay. So we disagree on one. But that's, uh, but that's sort of informed by another match prediction, though. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, oh, you think the hometown crowd is going to get a win in another match? Yeah, because I feel like they're only going to get one. All right, so let's just do that one real quick then. Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, Singles match. For the... This is like what? I was. Wait, I didn't want to talk about this one yet, just because I want to delay it as long as possible. Because this is a hard match to predict. You brought it up. It's true. We had Buddy to Murphy, eventually. Cedric Alexander, cruiserweight championship. I'm going with the hometown country boy, Buddy Murphy. I am too, actually. Um, just because I feel like Cedric hasn't really done anything, so. Yeah, they've they haven't really given enough uh, work to his feuds. I think they 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 kind of yeah. just like thrown people at him from time to time. Like I think that they they did have something with Gulak. I think they could have given that a little bit more juice, and it could have been something bigger. Uh-huh. I still think that they should have given him the title. Like I think that would have been the good move. But um, yeah, I th- I think with Buddy Murphy, like they've been building him up as a project here in Two Hundred Five Life, and I think he's actually been doing pretty good the last couple months since he's come over. Mm. I feel like this would be kind of the right culmination moment. to Because, like, I don't think that you're ever going to have a better potential moment to try and pull the trigger on Buddy Murphy. Like, yeah, when the fuck is the next time you're going to go to Australia and have a big show? Yeah. Probably not for a long while. So Another this year, is, maybe. This is your best chance to try and be like, look, let's pull the trigger on Buddy Murphy. Let's see what we have. And if they don't like it, like, they've got Crown Jewel coming up. They've got Survivor Series coming soon. Like, if they don't like him as champion, they can just put it back on Cedric or put on somebody else really quick. Mm. So, I think that, like, it's it's kind of a situation of, right, like, they've, they've kind of done some stuff with Cedric, but they, they kind of seem to be sort of done with him right now. Um, so, I think, why not? Yeah. Especially, too, uh, actually, like, if you... Another good option to potentially have him drop it, too, like, if, if the rumors are true... And Mysterio might be coming in sometime soon. Then maybe he would be the guy that, like, if he comes in, and then bam, maybe he takes it off of like Buddy Murphy like mm-hmm. right away. Might actually be some good continuity because he's been feuding with those Luchadors for quite a while. True. So maybe if, like once he's champion, he just starts being even more of a dickhead and like killing the Lucha House Party, and then all of a sudden, bam, Rey Mysterio shows up on two hundred five live to save the day. Mm-hmm. And then you get Rey Mysterio as the Cruiserweight Champion. I bet you those numbers would start going up. Although, from what I hear, the numbers are already starting to go up a little bit from the change to Wednesday nights over Tuesday. Probably because it's, like, spaced out a little bit more. Yeah, probably because you're not competing with, like, SmackDown, where then people are like, all right, I just watched two hours of SmackDown, now I got another hour of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, as far as viewing schedule, it's like, all right, we got Raw on Monday, SmackDown's Tuesday, then Wednesday is more of the hardcore day because then you've got like the extra shows like 205 Live and NXT together. So, all right. So then we also have the new day made up of some combination of Big E, Kofi, and or Xavier versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I think New Day retains here. I do too. The they just haven't really built up enough, I think, to a title change. Mm-hmm. Um, and New Day, like, just got the titles back. 
So yeah, yeah. I don't really see them switching it. Some people have to, some faces and Britannies have to happen on this card, so definitely. Uh, then we have AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. No count out, no disqualification disqualification for the WWE championship. Hmm. I think there's a chance Samoa Joe takes it here. You gonna bet on Samoa Joe again? I think we're gonna do it again, because fuck it, why not? Because mm, uh, you, you didn't win the title last time, arguably because of it. I literally have nothing to lose. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm, I'm gonna stick with uh, Old Faithful hair with uh, AJ Styles. The champion. He is old. <laughs> old Faithful. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's staying home with his kids until Samoa Joe's on a plane to Australia. Love the follow-up to that, by the way, Paige. Yeah, we just called the authorities. It's all good. How fucking hilarious was it that Paige tried to sell this as the most heinous crime that's ever happened in WWE history? Like, what Katie the Dick. actual fuck? Lit J Ro- Jim Ross on fire while he was still alive. Uh... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. What like, else has happened? Even, dude, even in Paul- the same fucking episode of SmackDown, Randy Orton savagely breaking Ty Dillinger's fingers. <laughs> and, like, that's worse than Samoa Joe playing Ding Dong Ditch at your house. <laughs> like, can we be real? That's what happened. He played um, Ding Dong Ditch and that's it. <laughs> Undertaker buried Paul Bear in cement. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Like, all of these things are far worse. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Brie Bella wrestling a match. (laughs) Yeah, Brie Bella killing bitches. Oh my gosh. Speaking of Brie Bella. Up next, the Bella Twins. Uh, And Ronda Rousey going up against the Riot Squad. Uh, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Plain old six-woman tag match. I gotta give it to the Bella Twins just because they're teaming up with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, um, this this would actually be legitimately one of the biggest upsets in all of wrestling history if, like, one of these people somehow pinned Rousey. Have you? The crazy. Earth would literally shake. Well, shit. You know what? Actually, even I guess even just generally from that, like, even if they pinned one of the Bellas, that like as far as WWE likes to count continuity, because as if you remember, uh, the mixed match challenge last year counted in Oscar's continuity for undefeated streak. So if Ronda Rousey were to lose this tag match, she would no longer be undefeated, and it would be because of the Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. So that would be hilarious, <laughs> but that's not happening. <laughs> I, uh, I think the only question is, uh, do, like, do the Bellas turn on her after this match, or do they wait a little bit? I think wait a little bit. Yeah, they'll probably wait. I don't think they're going to do it here. I feel like this match is going to be like literally five minutes, if that, and that's honestly how shall, how long it should be. Exactly. Actually, this long, this match, the entrances should be longer than the match, and I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. Uh, then we have the Shield versus the Dogs of War: Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre uh, in another six-man tag match. Mm-hmm. I think the shield takes it here. I think you're probably right too, because I think 
I think they want to keep waiting for the Dean Ambrose turn. But I think the Dogs of War lose to cause one of them to turn on the rest of the group or something like that. Because I guess the other way you could do it too, right? Because like on Raw this week, they they were starting to play the storyline of like uh, Braun Strowman looking at Dolph Ziggler as the weak link. Mm-hmm. So like you could do this. Actually, you know what? Maybe that would make sense, right? Is it like the only storyline development you have here is that Dolph Ziggler is the one that takes the pin, and then afterwards maybe Braun Strowman attacks Dolph Ziggler. So that then going forward, you have a little bit more dissension between the group. Maybe to the point where he's just almost like announcing it, like, "Look, this group needs to be." done or like kicking you out kind of thing because then like there'd be the conflicting loyalty of like where does Drew McIntyre go does he stick with Ziggler or is he with Strowman and like yeah kick out Ziggler and let's get somebody else Mm -hmm. because then that could lead to like if Braun's causing this fusion in the group or this fission in the group then that could lead to my fantasy booking where then Ambrose comes in joins the group and then kicks out Strowman Mm mm-hmm but then that could happen, I guess, at, um, well, not not Crown Jewel, probably. Uh, I guess it would have to happen at Survivor Series. Actually, you or, know what, Survivor, Ser- yeah. Survivor Series would totally be the best place to do it. <gasps> because you could, Dean Ambrose could fuck over his own team from the inside, right? Like, get Roman Reigns eliminated, and then it's just down to, like, him and Seth Rollins. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he just walks over to the other side, and then they just, like, gang up and, like, kill Seth Rollins. And then afterwards, they turn on Braun Strowman. Yeah, I think that would be the time and place to do it. Yeah, so I think I'm going with your prediction, too. I think the Shield win here. Mm. For now. Uh, and then we've got Daniel Bryan versus The Miz singles match for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship. I think Daniel Bryan wins it here. I do, too. Um, my question to you, because this will lead into my thoughts. Do you think yeah. that Daniel Bryan is going to cheat to win? I think maybe inadvertently. But not on purpose. I think that he might, and I think that there's a smart way you could do it. Like, I think that if you book it in a way that, like, it's the point where, like, Miz is just, like, cheating so many times like it's like to the like worldwide underground level where he's like kicked daniel bryan in the balls like five times and it's just like getting to the point where it's like how the fuck is the ref not seeing this like it's just absolutely absurd so then when daniel bryan could turn around and kick Miz in the nuts like one time then it doesn't feel like oh well, he's resorting to low tactic it's just like well mm-hmm. finally he got him once and then you know do it so that the ref doesn't see Roll him up, the match, or like hit him with the Busaiku knee, like whatever. Pin mm-hmm. Miz. So then afterwards, Daniel Bryan could win, but it still capitalizes on Miz's earlier point where he kept saying like, "Oh, well, the only way you're ever going to beat me is if you cheat to win." Yeah. So then he could bring that up later if you wanted to uh, build to another match. But I think for right now, they kind of need to get away from each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's been a little bit too played out, and they've that they've not had enough time to breathe to be honest yeah um so i think that especially because between the two giving daniel bryan the win here i think is a much better idea because then you've got like a great dream match right there of like daniel bryan either against samoa joe or against aj styles and 
you know, a match with the Miz against either one of those is infinitely less appealing. Yes. But adding in this wrinkle of like, if he has to cheat to win, but like, if there's a justified reason for it, because like, well, Miz is an even bigger cheater and he's just trying to level the playing field. Like I could totally get behind that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of where I hope they go with it. And I think that they, I think they're going to kind of have Dana Bryan cheat to win anyway. I just hope they do it in a way like this where then it's built in and then it's not going to be this shitty moment. But I think they might end up doing it more of just like Daniel Bryan's desperate, so he just decides to cheat. Yeah. Which is going to be really disappointing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where they'll probably actually go with it. Uh, And then we have Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Elias and Kevin Owens. I think Lashley and Cena win it here. Yeah, this, this would be insane if they did not win. Yeah. And then Triple H with Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker with Kane in the singles match. Um, This is actually really hard, too. Because I, I, I feel very, very confident that there's no clean finish to this match. It's definitely like a DQ of some kind. Yes, because they have to somehow bring it back for a tag match. But it's just a question of who, who gets hit, so then technically who wins the match. I think it might be something like Sean goes to kick Kane and Kane moves and Sean kicks Undertaker for the DQ. I I agree slightly. I definitely think my prediction is still that uh, Sean kicks Taker. I think that's how this ends. So then Taker mm-hmm. wins by disqualification. So that's my my pick. My, my pick is that Taker wins um, through DQ because the way that I would want to book this would be that like Taker is killing Triple H so badly. That, like, uh, Shawn Michaels basically just tries to come in to, like, save his friend. Because it's just like, this isn't going to end any other way. And I'm just trying to save him. So then he just kicks him. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then Kane can come in and then, like, they, you know, gang up on him, get the upper hand or something. Like, you that. Or maybe he just, like, kicks Undertaker and that stuns him enough that he can, like, grab Triple H and run. Kind of like a parallel opposite of, like, the Montreal screw job. Yeah. Like, come in, hit the guy, save him and run. Be like, see ya. Because I, I definitely feel like that is definitely the money shot in the money moment is Shawn Michaels doing the first sweet chin music in a long ass time and he does it to hit Undertaker. Like, I think that's the shot. Like, that's the moment. And I mm-hmm. feel like to, to, to do it in the most babyface sort of way, it would be to save uh, Triple H. Yeah. It's the only way that would kind of make sense. The only, the only other thing I could definitely see them doing, and this would also make a lot of sense in their continuity, is uh, they could do a little bit more of a heelish reason for him kicking Undertaker. If it gets to a point where, like, you know, Triple H has been throwing everything at him except for the kitchen sink, and then he kind of just, like, tries to help Triple H win. Like, maybe he tries to catch Undertaker with a kick to try and, like, try to, like, put him down because he's... Like, he did that back uh, at Triple H's match at Hell in a Cell. Or not. It was in a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania Mm. against The Undertaker. When he was the special guest referee and he kicked Undertaker to try and, like, put him away. I could see them doing something like that to try and be, like, a callback to that. And, like, him trying to help Triple H yet again to beat Undertaker and then it doesn't work again. Like, you know, he, he kicks him and then Undertaker gets up. So I, I could see them going that way too with it, but mm-hmm. 
I just I wouldn't like that as much because then it's like, oh, well, we're telling the story of just like what the uh, Shawn Michaels secretly has always had this vendetta against the Undertaker. And you know maybe that would be cool though. Would is that like, you know, there's there's the half of it that he deeply personally respects the Undertaker, and that's part of why he stayed away. But also at the same time he like deeply resents him. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know. For me, my question to you, this would be the last question. I think we can sign off then afterwards. With HBK potentially coming back into the fold, you've got a lot of potential dream matches for him, especially at WrestleMania. Would you, as a especially an HBK fan, would you rather see him have a rematch against Undertaker at WrestleMania? Or would you mm-hmm. rather have him fight like, say, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Maybe Daniel for the Bryan. title, maybe not. Daniel Bryan, hands down. Yeah, I mean, that'd be sick. Daniel Bryan would have a much better match. Definitely. Um, I don't know if, like, the, the built-in kind of, like, years and years of history with Undertaker would be more alluring to you or not, but... No, you going for Daniel Bryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Taker's too slow. <laughs> That's definitely true. God, that man needs to retire. All right, so what's what's your prediction for that uh, match there? Do you think Taker wins or Triple H wins? Uh, I think Taker wins by disqualification. Okay, so then it comes down to the WWE title match, uh, the tag match against the Iconics. That's it. It comes down to those two. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Damn, all right, the title's on the line. And next week, we will run down this entire card. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give our thoughts. We'll we'll compare what we thought should have happened to what actually happened. It's always that day of disappointment. But uh, it'll be all right. We'll get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Pretty much going to do it for this, this week then, yeah? Yep. Talk to you next week. All right. Peace out, everybody. Peace.